the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining us. This is the show where we do our very best every single episode to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stolnicker. Glad to have you on with me today. And uh, I'm excited about our guest today. Crystal DeLeon Sarmiento is, uh, among other things, the founder of of Ari Source, a company that does executive coaching and leadership development. And uh, we just had a fantastic conversation about so many things. Uh, I wanted to talk more about leadership and some of these things. That's what I had in mind. But her background, her perspective on life and faith, and really an understanding even of victimhood and accepting responsibility and how we move forward in life. Um, fantastic conversation, one that I know will be a help to you. And very happy to share this conversation with Crystal De Leon Sarmiento. My guest today is Crystal De Leon Sarmiento, and uh, she is a certified behavior analyst, consultant, as well as an executive and career coach, speaker, best-selling author, founder of the Ari Source, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Crystal, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so honored to be on. Thank you so much. Man, I, I feel like all those titles are... <laughs> It's easier said <laughs> than done. <laughs> yeah, it is easier said than done. Um, it's funny to hear other people talk about what you've invested your life in, right? And That's you right. Um, definitely hear it different than I think it's said. But uh, you have a very interesting background. Beyond that, I don't think I mentioned this, an author... The book, Becoming a Lioness, is your current book. You have other books coming out. We were talking about that uh, before we even started. Um, I, I'd love for you to just just kind of start from the beginning. Tell us your story, um, kind of where you came from, how you got to where you are, and then we'll jump into some other topics that uh, are discussed along the way. It's a million-dollar question because everyone wants to know the root, the beginning, the, the under the surface of how we get to where yeah. we are, right? And so it, it sounds like every, you know, most people have this like really articulate way of this is where I was, here's my story. And to be quite frank, I, I believe that my story is, a, is, is different in one way, but a lot like many others. Um, mm. It all started, right, um, in my childhood in the southwest side yeah. of Houston, Texas. Uh, many don't know this, but I do talk about it in my book the foundational principles of who I am as a woman, as a leader, as an author, as a mother, um, as an entrepreneur, it all boils down to my immigrant father who, mm. who came from Mexico. Um, yep. He's been here for over 40 years. And we wow. had the great fortune of having to struggle. <laughs> sure. Having yeah, sure. to really embrace um, living without a mother in the home. So I had a single father um, who taught me everything I am today. Now, my mother does have a lot to do with that, right? Because she was around. She just wasn't in my home. I was raised mm. by an immigrant 
Spanish speaking, United States loving Mexican <laughs> man. And yeah. um, that's really the foundation of who I am and why I do what I do. I really do chuck it up to my father, to my dad. And um, and that's where it started. That's that's really it. Unfortunately, my parents divorced when I was three. And that yeah. happens very often in our country. Unfortunately, our homes are under attack. Um, the fabric of the nation is being ripped apart from mm. from the values of 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 home. Right. Of having yeah. that, that secure family. But right. I do give credit to that very difficult situation because it made me who I am. It made me yep. value love. It made me value my family. It made me value everything that family, faith, and freedom stands for. So, how does um, struggle? You talked about. I don't know if you said you were blessed, but it, uh, struggle was a good thing. Was was what you communicated? Um, how is struggle a good thing? We we are here in the United States. Uh, struggle averse. I, I think particularly particularly kind of a generation is coming up that is very struggle averse. We try to stay away from uh, difficulties and hardships. As parents, we try to keep our kids away from difficulties and hardships. I was just having a conversation with someone this week and and I was talking about my kids. I've got a 22-year-old daughter, 21-year-old son, 14-year-old daughter, 12-year-old son. And we're talking about what do you make them do and what do you have them do? And I, I told them, the person I was talking to, I put my kids in situations where they have to struggle. Um, physical struggles, yeah. other things they have to do, because I believe it's so important, and yet we're so struggle-averse. Talk about the importance of that in becoming what God has created us to be. I, I think the connection has to be made. I love what you just asked me. Um, so, like you, I have a, <laughs> a lot of children. I, I do have a blended <laughs> family. My oldest daughter is 23, turning 24. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll mention something, part of becoming a lioness, um, her story of me being a teenage mom, having her not having mm. an abortion, my fiance dying in a tragic car accident. Wow. All while I was preparing to get into college. Um, wow. So I have a 23 going on 24 year old. She's married now. She's in Bible college. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mother-in-law. I'm like, not a grandma yet. And then I have a 19-year-old going on 20, and I have a bonus son that is 12, a bonus daughter that's 11, mm. and then I have a 10-year-old daughter, so five, okay? Wow. When yeah. we talk about putting our children in tough situations, it's difficult because toughness was a part of my fabric growing up. It's easy for me mm. to take things head on. Um, I, I will say this. I talk about this a lot because my father, it's in my book. Um, but one of the things that makes us empowered in life is knowing that we can overcome. Right, right. And not ever having to deal with tough situations that really force you to dig in and have to be angry with God, to be angry with your situation and mm. have to find resolve and res resolute to get out of those things can either make or break our identity and empower us. So a lot of our society today feels unimportant. They feel like they have no purpose in life. Right. They don't know who they are or where they're going. And a lot of it comes from those foundational things of they've never had to struggle. They've yeah. never had to. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Um, it was just part of growing up. But as a woman that worked in corporate America, when I would sit in boardrooms with 
99% males being I'm the only female, I never saw myself as a victim. I never saw myself as a minority. Right. I never saw myself in a way that gave me less of a hand because my father never, not once, growing up through all the difficult times that we had, looked at me and said, you know what, baby girl, you can't have those trendy shoes because your mom left us or because I'm mm, a single yeah, dad or yeah. because I'm poor or because right. um, because our lights got cut off. Never once do I recall my father saying, no, we can't because we're victims. He never said those things to me. Yeah. Whenever tough situations came up, he looked me in my eye and said, deal with it. Yeah. Face it head on. Um, yeah. No, you can't have those shoes, but why? And I was per very persistent as a child, right? <laughs> I was I was a young girl. There was trendy things going on. Yeah. And I had to live without. But that struggle is what forces people like you and I to dig deep into who we are and find ourselves and, and prove mm -hmm. to ourselves that we can overcome. It gives us fire. It gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us direction. So mm -hmm. unfortunately today, people want to soothe their kids' fears. Right. Right. They want to soothe those feelings. Unfortunately, you know, I, I'm about empowering women. I'm about coaching people, coaching them through tough situations. And I'm sorry, but my kids will be the first to tell you that mom hasn't always been easy. And and I <laughs> haven't. I've been yeah. tough on them. Yeah. Because if, if they don't have struggles in life, then, you know, how are they going to dig into themselves to find that they are warriors? Like we, right. we tell people all the time, you can do it manifest this manifest that but until you really dig deep and have to overcome things you never know how strong you are and our society right. is full <laughs> of growing ge a next generation and even an older generation yeah. that looks for a way out of the struggle yep. we look for the microwave solution to things and that doesn't lead to anything that's really substantial Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. There's an entire new economy being created right now filled with patriotic companies that have had enough of cancel culture and the left. One, you can support every day, and all you have to do is get dressed. I'm talking about under-tack boxers. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made, probably because they have literally been tested by special forces operators. They're made with high-quality material that's antimicrobial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking, so you stay fresh and dry all day day long. They come with a sturdy yet comfortable waistband that doesn't crack or loosen. Undertack is durable, ultralight, and shrink resistant. 
Here's the best part. They're almost 30% less than the woke designer brands with the non-binary models. Go to getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com. Right now, when you buy three, get one free, but only with the offer code SITREP20. SITREP20. Support a great American company that's pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. GetUndertack.com. That's GetUndertack.com. Offer code SITREP20. Yeah, that's good. I uh, There's so much in what you just said, but accepting responsibility is, is, is huge. And I think um, when we will accept responsibility for where we are, maybe we're not here entirely of our own choice, decisions, actions, but accept responsibility for whatever we can be responsible for, right? I've got a friend who says, 100%. It, uh, one of my, my friends, John Fulberg, he says, look, if you're only 10% responsible, then be 100% responsible for that 10%, right? That's so maybe, right. It's not, maybe it's it. not all you, but whatever it is, be fully responsible for it. And then in taking responsibility, not accepting victimhood, um, th- this may just be me and you can push back on this, but I, I don't like it when people call themselves survivors because Ooh, to, have, to have survived is one thing. We, we need to survive. But I don't want to accept that as my, my moniker or my title because then that means I am a victim of something. That's right. And I'm not a victim of it. And yet I think, again, we're living at a time where people are surviving. I'm a survivor of this. I'm a survivor of that. <laughs> I, I'm a victim and this happened and that happened. And that's why I think for me, at least, it's important with my kids to teach them hard things now because life will be hard. And when it's hard, this shouldn't be a new thing to you. You should have already encountered this. That's right. I had this conversation with a good friend yesterday. um, And we were talking about that, that everybody wants to find a way. It's trendy to be a survivor. Look, I'll be honest with you. I went through 13 years of a, of a pretty brutal marriage. Yeah. Um, And people will introduce me when I speak at events, like she's a survivor. Hmm. And I'm like, you know, I understand why many women associate or include themselves as a survivor because therapy has taught them to take ownership by saying I've survived. I have survived. Correct. Yeah. Right. But, but I think that culture, social media and society today has made it trendy to really over victimize ourselves. Right. I don't consider myself a victim. I never, I never tell people, you know what? No, I'm an overcomer, but you're an overcomer because we face daily battles, mental battles, spiritual battles. Right. And and what you just said reminded me of of something that I brought up yesterday was, you know, my fa- my my mentor, my personal life coach. He has a, his name is Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> not to be cheesy or anything. Yeah. But he says you will have affliction in this world. Right. And we were having right. this conversation yesterday, like, well, why isn't why isn't the world perfect? Why does God allow bad things to happen? Number one, we're not in paradise. Right. This is not right. the realm. This isn't home. We will face tribulation, but but take heart. I've overcome them. That's right. And so being able to fall back on, on our source, right? What's your source of what gets you through? Yeah. Mine is, is my faith. Right. Is my strong belief system that if anybody has any any right to complain about being a survivor or a victim, that would be my savior. But there is definitely people today 
that take it and they think it's trendy, just like women empowerment. Oh, it's yeah. women empowerment. It's women empowerment. <laughs> right. And and to be honest with you, it sounds super sexy. Hashtag women empowerment. Sure. Women empower women. Yeah. I'm a survivor. Let me tell you what, and this is not I'm I'm gonna get heat for this, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. As a woman who worked in corporate America, I worked for General Motors, 99% of my clients were males. 99%, 95% of my colleagues were males. Hmm. 90% of the people that I worked with, my superiors, have historically over 20 plus years been male dominated. Right. And I cannot tell you once where I felt that I was imposed on because I'm a, a woman or I'm good looking or do you know why? Because I never opened myself up to that. Sure. As a woman who says, well, he came on to me. I'm a survivor through corporate America and I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not saying that women have not had those situations. I'm not discounting that. What I'm saying is that I have been very fortunate because I could have said, oh, well, they didn't promote me because I'm a woman. They didn't promote me because I'm a Mexicana, Americana, Latina, Hispanic woman of Hispanic descent born in the U.S. I could have chosen to find right. an excuse. Right. And I didn't. Right. And number two is I didn't open those doors with men. I didn't I didn't give them access. Right. Yep. Because of my strong faith. And 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 another thing is. I don't have daddy issues. I have a strong father figure in my life. So I didn't feel the need to have that acceptance from right. men. Right. And so I didn't put myself in those situations. And some people will say, well, I'm a victim. I understand that. You may have been a victim. Sure, sure. But your right and your choice starts with you. It starts with you being professional. Yeah. You not giving innuendos to men thinking that they can flirt with you. Right. It's up to you. Yeah. It's up to you to hold yourself and hold your value. So I think I've been very fortunate. And again, I, I praise my dad so much for that because as I grew as a woman, I saw the lack of confidence in so many women that couldn't handle it in male dominated environments because it stems from insecurity mm -hmm. and that father figure and that male, that strong male yeah. personality in their lives to validate and affirm their womanhood, which is lacking in our society today. That's, uh, that's so well put. What what response do you get from women when they hear that message from you know someone like you, who who you're not standing on a platform of um, I've heard this said and I'm sharing it with you. This is lived experience. How how is your response from young women uh, to that message? Um, I'll get very personal. Sure. So me and my oldest daughter, my 23 year old. We have, we have tough conversations about this because she, although she's in Bible college and she was raised in church and I call us, we're non, non cheesy Christians, mm -hmm. right? I call because we want to impact the world. We right. want to really connect to people in real life. We don't, we don't want to hide behind church walls and pretend that sure. we're holier than yep. thou. I lived that life and it didn't work. Right. I didn't connect. So she and I have this discussion because she was raised very conservatively but yet she's been influenced by media, by stories, yep. by by things outside of what we were what we taught her. Sure. And 
I get the sense that it's not trendy to tell women that it's okay to not have gone through those situations. It's almost like people want to have a reason to complain. People yeah. want a reason to be a victim to things. And and I, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with it. And I, and I do get lashback. You know, unfortunately, there's people today and age that um, they don't know how to sit at a table with somebody that has a different opinion, a different viewpoint. Yeah, that's and right. so they shut you out. Yeah, that's right. And And that's a lack of maturity. And it's a lack of intelligence because being able to sit at a table with somebody that is different, that has a different thought process and have a conversation doesn't mean you have to get irate right. and stop talking. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like we just disagree. Yeah. Well, Although that's what's communicated to us, right? You have to hate anyone who doesn't yeah. agree with you. That's definitely what a crazy, definitely. what a crazy thing. It is. Uh, hearing you talk about that. So my, my job outside of this show, I, I run a veterans organization and we talk about post-traumatic stress and combat trauma and so many different things. And one of the, the, the things we have to break down is that um, experiencing post-traumatic stress, it's, it's, it's not a badge of honor. It's something that's happened to you, but you need to move past that. And yet a lot of people wear that as a moniker, right? Like I am a victim of PTSD. I've struggled with PTSD. I've experienced combat trauma. And I, I get it. I, I, I was in combat. I, I get it. We work with folks, thousands of folks. I understand the struggle, but you can't accept that as it's a cul-de-sac, right? It's, the, it's where we end up and this is where we are and this is where we live now. It should be kind of one of those pass-through streets where you, you go, you visit, you deal with it, you keep moving. And until you can get there, you're not going to experience real healing um, or even wholeness, wholeness and relationships. Uh, I could spend all day, I guess, talking on that. Tell, tell us about your, <laughs> what's your faith story? You talk a lot about faith, obviously, and that's important to you. Um, oh, yeah. How did absolutely. you how did you come into a relationship with Christ? I, faith broadly or but more specifically, you know, into I a relationship? I love that question. Thank you for asking that. You know, it's not a lot of the times I, I do interviews and I don't get to talk about my my faith yeah. as much. Yep. And so I light up when I get to talk about who I am, um, because who I am is directly represented by who I allow to affirm right. my identity. Right. And and that really does come down to to my faith in Jesus. Um, my dad. Here we go again. Hmm. My dad and my mother and my mother. Um, I come from a lineage of pastors, which I didn't have. I didn't grow up with them, but but the influence was always there. My dad took me to Catholic church almost every Sunday religiously through my entire childhood. Um, it wasn't until my fiance died in that tragic car accident where I started to really question and and really feel rage towards God. Mm. And um, that is, I I I pull, I really talk about the detail of that feeling and that emotion of what I call going toe to toe with God, because. When we have these dreams and aspirations and we're taught to pray a prayer, we're taught these things, but it's not until life is ripped from your soul or a dream or, or something you love so dearly where you really start to question, why am I here? Yeah. Who am I right. and where am I going? Right. And who do you ask those questions to? So naturally I turned my rage on God. I turned my anger towards him, um, in a very vulnerable way. I learned through that experience that 
screaming and letting out my volcano, I call it volcanic eruption, like that anger, those feelings that I had, I let them out. And I was bold with God. And I brought those feelings to the surface and help and basically was asking him, why? Mm. Who, where are you? Where are you in this situation? And it was in that moment where I was laying on the floor, screaming, yelling, angry. I wouldn't allow anyone to come in my room. Um, I have two spiritual godparents that actually baptized me as in our Catholic faith, mm. but they became evangelical. Um, I wouldn't say pastors, but ministers, ministers of, 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 of the, um, of the gospel. Right. And they came to my, to me. And while I was on the floor screaming, I'm angry. I'm angry with God. They took me deeper. They helped me. They facilitated that emotion to turn it to God and not just throw it out there in rage, but say, guess what? God can handle your rage. Yep. How do you feel? I feel angry. I feel he's a fraud. I feel he's fake. I feel, and then expressing that true emotion and then affirming to me, your feelings are not going to take God off his throne. Right. You're not going to offend him. Right. Let him know every thought, every moment, every feeling, every word that comes to mind, release it. And as I started to do that, I literally felt his presence come to me in a way that I've never felt in my life. And it was in that tragedy where I began to open my heart in that rage mm. and allow him, not them, not what people were saying right. from a pulpit, right. but a toe to toe moment me and the creator. And guess what? He met me there. He met me there. And I think that that was the beginning. That was the very beginning was that tragedy is really what opened the opportunity for me to step in and to allow God to, to take reign in my heart because I had the questions. And that was the beginning of me saying, Hey, I love the Catholic faith, but I have more questions. And I have felt God in a way that no one's told me that he's, he's real. In. Right. And so that began the journey of me reading my Bible. Mm. I was obsessed, obsessed with finding out all the questions, who he was, who I was in him. Why did he die for me? And where was I going? What was I to do with the pieces of my life? Now I was a teen mom. Um, I had shamed my dad. I shamed him because you're we're <laughs> here's a funny story. I was teaching abstinence classes <laughs> <laughs> at the Bel Air Library. Yeah. I was the good, the good Catholic girl um, that, you know, I'll never fornicate. I won't adultery. I will. I'm going to save myself right. from marriage. And guess what? I failed. Hmm. I failed my dad, my father. But in that I had all all this junk. I had the pieces of looking at my 10 month old daughter and saying, Oh my God, my fiance died. Oh my God. Where are you? Where were you? Why did you allow me to get pregnant? Why did you allow hmm. this? And then I choose to have her. And then you take the father from hmm. me. This isn't the idea and the dream that you say I should have. Yeah. So really and truly, um, that's a very long answer for my faith journey, but had I not experienced that, I wouldn't be so strong in my faith today and affirmed in my identity right. as a child of God. 
and be able to look people in the eye confidently and say, I know who yeah. I am. Man, that's good. I, I have said many, many times over the years to people who are struggling, I am not afraid of the conclusions you will come to if you honestly ask God real questions. And if you go to Ooh, the Bible good. and you actually, I, I've given the, the advice you know, hundreds of times probably, you need to go to the Bible with a, an empty notepad and a pen. And as you read and thoughts come and understanding comes, write those things down. Don't go with preconceived notions. Don't go because you're trying to disprove God or the Bible. But if you come with honest questions, uh, God invites us to come with those questions. And man, that's so that's so right. important in our in our faith journey. It's interesting to hear you talk about the church telling you, you need to do this. Um, we all fall into that, don't we? we? We tell people what they need to do without helping them to understand why this is important and what God did and who He is. Um, the identity piece is is so important. I, I would say the most important. I think everything is wrapped up in our identity. Um, how did you come into, in that process, how did you come into understanding that your identity was in Christ and not in a fiance, or even in your father, or in your heritage, or in those That's things. Good. How did you Ooh. come to that place? I love that question. That is that is <laughs> that is such a substantial question. Thank you for mm. asking that. That is that's good. As I recall, um, going through all those those tough situations in life, I never really understood that I had these unanswered questions. I didn't understand hmm. that these are questions that we don't even realize we're looking for an right. answer to. Well, like, I'll tell you how. Um, I became a facilitator after I took a series of seminars um, with an international ministry that focuses on, on just that. And I learned, um, his name's Craig Hill. Hmm. You can look him up. But he does an amazing job of inner healing. Um, I'll say this. I'll, I'll pivot there, but I want to just make this note because I don't want it to go unheard of. Okay. Especially if we have veterans hmm. listening and we have people who've really struggled through traumatic situations and have the question, who am I? Where am I? Where am I going? Um, a lot of the times that pain that we have, we take to therapy. And therapy is good. I, I work with executives that need to be hmm. in therapy um, and, and women. Therapy is not the source. And it does help you cope. But therapy doesn't bring right. us healing. And I say that because whoever's listening right now is asking themselves that question. And they might look at their life and say, I've been in therapy for six, seven, eight, nine years. And I don't feel like anything is changing. Mm. And I just want whoever's listening right now to know that therapy is important, but healing right. will come when that question, the question is yeah, answered that's good. by the source, by the creator. That's good. So for me, in the process of my journey of discovering who I was, those questions really came to me as I started studying um, the Bible, because I had the question, why? And Craig Hill says this, he says that most women and men, no matter who you are in the world, you can look, you can look at any woman in any culture, right? And a large percentage of them, not everyone, right? There's always a few that don't add up, 
most women, and this is good for, for us fathers listening right now, for our daughters, for our children. We are born with this subconscious question. You know, we talk, we hear these, um, like Andrew Huberman, and we hear these great people that talk about yeah. the mind and psycho-cybernetics yeah. and how our, you know, our brain is wired to survive our ancestral. Well, there's a subconscious question of why am I here? That's the first question we begin to ponder when we turn seven, eight years old, maybe when you hit a tragic event. For me, this the beginning of that started when my fiance right. died, right? That's the beginning of that. But as I started my journey in trying to, to find out why God took him, I discovered that every woman has those questions. Every man has those subconscious questions. And we are all the things that we do in life our choices, the journey that we choose to take subconsciously, we don't even realize that we're looking for those answers. I'm looking for the mm. answer to the question. What's yeah. my purpose? Yeah. Who am I and where am I going? The problem, the problem is that in society today, we look at media, we look at our authoritative figures and we look at society to affirm our identity when really God has already right. affirmed it, but we as a culture have turned our backs on him and said, I don't want to do it your way. I don't like yeah. your way. I'm going to do it my way. So therefore we leave the protection yeah. and we lose ourselves. And now we're, we're losing our families and we're losing our countries. And it really comes back to the very foundational principle of fathers knowing that they have this master key mm. to literally impart blessing to you or yeah. curse. They can look at their son and say, son, I affirm your identity right. as a man. You were created with right. a purpose. God doesn't make mistakes. You were not born mm. on an accident. Your parents didn't have sex and then you came. That's what science tells you because that's what they can measure in a laboratory. No, 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 no. Your parents had sex because mm -hmm. God had a plan right. for you to come. There's power right. and intent. So when we begin to affirm identity, we begin to see healing. And we begin to see people who are a little more open in their spirit to meet God toe to toe yeah. and let him answer yeah. that question. And so, like you said, if we ask, if we just, if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to really come to a place where we really want the creator of the universe to speak to us, he'll yeah. answer us. That's good. Yeah. That's he'll good. affirm that. Yeah. He will. Yeah, that's so important. Um, man, there's so much, again, in what you just said, but understanding that God is, He's the Creator. As a Creator, He has a plan. Aligning our lives to that is the answer. That's Our identity is found in doing what we were created to do, and, and He loves us and He has a plan for us. I remember when I was a kid talking to my dad about God's will, like this God's will thing. Like, I don't get it. It's so, how do you understand it? It's so big. It's so out there. How do you understand it? I remember my dad going, you think God's playing a game with you? God's not playing a game with you. God's not trying to hide <laughs> his will from you. But you need to start doing what no. you know God wants you to do now and pursue that, and God will show you the next mm. steps. Um, man, that's so important. Talk about Ari Source, um, the company that yeah. you are the founder of. Talk about what you guys do. And um, I'm very curious as to why it's Ari, or is it A-R-I? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so talk about your company. Let's talk about it. So the RE source. So as I mentioned right now, um, in, in our personal lives, 
not our professional lives. We tend to have these questions that we ask. And whether we're conscious of it or not, we fall back on our, on yeah. the source, on our source. What is mm -hmm. your source? And the foundation of your belief system as, as a professional in life, as a leader in your community, as a leader in public office, which I feel we need a lot of leadership sure. development skills out there. <laughs> right. People are taking on, <laughs> right. they are literally trying to lead the nation with That's no right. leadership yep. skills. It, it, is, it is absolutely insane. But the foundation of who we are stems from some type of source. And the RE source stands for A-R-I, and it's all caps because RE in Hebrew means mm. lion. So lion mm. is a source. But to me, you may, a lot of my clients that are atheists or do not have a strong foundational belief system in Christianity or Judaism, and this is okay right. for them, right? For me, the lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. For me, mm. my source is yep. the king of kings and his identity as a roaring lion. And also because it's my last <laughs> name, right? My last name is De Leon. So in Spanish, that translates to of the lion. And there's some history there. Um, there's history in the northern part of Mexico where the Spanish came and conquered from Spain. And Spain has a state named Leon. And that means lion. And that's where a lot of crypto Jews um, assimilated and then they actually came with the Spanish and conquered and just assimilated and took on um, the ways and they took a lot of their belief systems and came to avoid persecution and so studying yeah. my identity and studying my ancestral history we have a direct connection to the tribe of Judah through the state of Leon which is fascinating to me because there's yeah, no coincidences right right, right. Wow. And I had the name for my wow. company picked out years before that. So it's really about when I work with executives and we do any type of coaching, sales training, sales development, we we talk about a lot of that. Um, but our companies out here, you know, I work with the companies that have problems with communication skills. We have companies out there that really can't, you know, I'm having trouble with subordination, um, insubordination. The sales team can't get along. This person can't speak to this person. A lot of it really boils down to their source and figuring out a way to really connect. There's a lack of connection that goes on in team environments and leadership roles. And um, developing those skills is really what the RE source is about, is really taking leaders and, and develop, developing their right. soft skills and their hard skills, but giving them the tools to operate with their instinct, that yep. intuition, but also give themselves the ability to, to grow, grow themselves as a leader. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I have a whole list of questions and uh, we're running out of time. So um, hopefully we can do this again. I'd love to talk about leadership and what leadership is, what Let's it's not, it. what success is, what it's not. And so I think there are some other things I'd love to jump into. Um, but where can people learn more about you, learn more about your business, um, get your books? Where can people follow you? <laughs> so my book is on sale right now on Amazon. It was actually number one wow. in Christian leadership. Um, for a while there, I beat out my personal mentor, John Maxwell, <laughs> and I also beat out jo Joel Osteen. Wow. And so I've got big plans for Jesus is my sugar daddy, mm. which is the next book coming. Um, and that, that book is going to be basically 
about women and provision for those fathers out there that want their daughters to know who mm. they are and not to look for, for people to be their That's source good. and their provision. Um, I can't wait. And then the third book is um, Constructive Coaching. That's going to be a really, awesome. it's going to be powerful. I'm working on some big projects on those books. But you can find me on my website, which is the A-R-I source.com. And I'm also on Facebook. That's my personal account. So if you don't mind watching Beastlas <laughs> chase lizards, <laughs> I have two hunting dogs. Um, I'm, I'm happy to have anybody look us there. And then also my office number, I'm, I'm totally fine giving this out. Um, I do free lunch and learns for clients that are in the Houston area. I do travel to companies and do leadership development with a team of people. Um, they can call my office at 281-305-8733 and we're available. We're here to serve. Awesome. That's what we're here to do. That's great. Crystal, thank you so much. Um, I really do hope we can talk thank again. You. I've got my, my list of questions I don't even think I got to. So um, <laughs> we're going to come back. We'll do it again. But, uh, Crystal, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. God bless. And I look forward to our next conversation. Yes, ma'am. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Grateful to have had that conversation. That was one of those conversations I feel like could have gone on for a long time. Uh, so many questions. I love just Crystal's perspective on on all of it. And the, the passion in regards to faith and understanding that faith is the framework for everything else. Uh, very grateful that we could have that conversation. Look forward to the next time we'll be able to talk. Um, and uh, I hope that this is, a, is an episode that you not only will be encouraged by, but will share out with other people. Please do that. A lot of people in your life need to hear conversations like this. This is why we do this show. But as you hear it, that's a gift that you have for others. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. If you're not yet subscribed, you're listening, uh, maybe you do your best to remember when the next one comes out or you see it on social media or whatever the case. Make sure you're subscribed. That lets you know as soon as these episodes are posted, and we want to make sure that you have that. If you are listening, I'm sure you love the show. And so, do me a favor, since you love the show, go and leave us a comment, leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. That would be helpful for us and allow more people to participate in these conversations. Thank you. Look forward to talking to you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.